The text for the message this afternoon, the sermon this afternoon, is Psalm 92. We'll read that together, Psalm 92. It's on page 498. It's a psalm, a song for the Sabbath. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hand I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold your enemies, O Lord, for behold your enemies shall perish, all evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox, you have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's, it's interesting to start thinking about the feeling of thankfulness. Now, nowadays, listening to the radio, if anybody still listens to a radio, you can hear people talking about Thanksgiving Day, even though they don't know who the, the Lord is. They speak of feeling grateful. Makes me wonder, makes us think, what are, who are they grateful to? Usually it arises, thankfulness arises in our heart because someone has done something for you or perhaps given something to you. And and all the children here today know what you're supposed to say when somebody gives you something, right? You're supposed to say, thank you, thank you, so-and-so. And And both Christians and non-Christians, they feel the urge to give thanks when we can point to something we have and to the person who has given it to us, even if sometimes the person that we think we need to thank is, is ourselves. But what can people who don't believe in a sovereign God and his providence do when they see good things in their lives that seem to just happen to them? Besides the awkward habit of expressing thanks to impersonal powers such as chance, fate, karma, or lucky stars, which is kind of like thanking inanimate objects like a sunbeam beam, or a steering wheel. Many people feel grateful without knowing who they can thank. For many people who don't know God, then Thanksgiving Day is not really a day for giving thanks to a divine personal being, but it's basically a communal sigh of contentment that reveals a big gaping hole the lives of those who do not know the Lord. Because we as Christians believe in a sovereign and almighty God who controls all things in heaven and on earth, 
by his providence, the thankfulness that we as Christians feel as, is completely different level than those who don't believe in God. We have someone to thank. And not just to thank for the incidental things or the occasional things we receive on the way from time to time, but we have a God who we can thank with our whole being all the time, even with our very lives. We are in a relationship with him, so our thank yous are what really characterize who we are. We are simply always a thankful people. I preached that gospel under the theme, the Church of Christ is characterized by thanksgiving. And we look at the first few, uh, the first few verses of Psalm 92, 1 to 4, and we can see the, the two points there. It's good to give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord has made us glad by his work. And the, the words give thanks in Psalm 92, verse 1, they, they're words that mean to extol by making a public uh, confession of how the attributes, how the works of the Lord have personally impacted our lives. Giving thanks then, according to Psalm 92, uh, involves singing praises, verse 1, declaring God's steadfast love, verse 2, with musical accompaniment, as we see in verse 3. Many people have commented that this psalm, which was prepared for the Sabbath day celebrations, continues to serve as a, as a pattern that the church can follow today when it celebrates God's saving work. And you can see that by the praise in the morning and then again in the evening to have these two times of corporate worship and thanksgiving. And the Holy Spirit tells us in Psalm 92 that it is good it is good to give thanks to the Lord. The words, it is good, are stronger than just saying it's nice if it works, as if it were mere guidance that we can follow or not. The words, it is good, in fact, have the sense of it is right in God's eyes. Giving thanks to God is a, is a regular, on a regular basis is a very part of our obedience to God's will. It's not something optional that we can choose to do when we feel up for it, but it's a, a command. It's good to do that. It's God commands us to do that. And you can see that already in the Old Testament. He commanded the peace offering together with, which was also offered as a thanksgiving offering. And then when King David was making preparations for worship in the temple, he guided the people in expressing their thankfulness to God in ways that went even beyond just the thanksgiving offering. Along with preparations made for people to experience the glorious grace of God in the temple and in the sacrifices and in the priesthood, David also made preparations to ensure that God's people would always be fully equipped to respond to God's grace with thanksgiving. If you look at 1 Chronicles 16, verses 4 to 7, you can see there how King David took the Levites, who had previously been set aside for the, the work of packing up and carrying the tabernacle through the wilderness, now in the promised land without having to do that tabernacle work, now recommissioned to be leading God's people in giving thanks. 
Their, their job was to lead people in giving thanks, to use instruments for worship, for music, to the Lord that King David had made for giving thanks to the Lord, like we read in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 5. They were as they were to stand every morning, and I'm quoting here from 1 Chronicles 23, thanking and praising the Lord, and likewise at evening. And whenever burnt offerings were offered to the Lord on Sabbaths, new moons, and feast days, it was their job to lead God's people in giving thanks. There were individuals among the people of God who were in charge of the songs of thanksgiving. Nehemiah 12 mentions them. They had the duty of singing to, of the Lord's goodness and his enduring steadfast love with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments to do like we read in 2 Chronicles 5 verses 12 to 13 to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. The church shows that they believe that giving thanks is good in God's eyes when the church organizes herself and trains herself in giving thanks well, learning the songs that God has given to us, singing these psalms, improving on our singing on these songs in our homes and together as when we get together in social gatherings, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs more and more in our lives. That's a, a sign of spiritual growth, a growth in our response of thanksgiving to the Lord. And how much more now when we know the fullness of the gospel of Christ's work. How much more now when God's Spirit dwells in our hearts, in the hearts of every believer, not just the anointed office bearers. We hear Christ's command, we hear the Spirit's command several times in the New Testament. Colossians 3 verse 15 says, And be thankful. Colossians 3 verse 16, Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Verse 17, Do everything giving thanks to God the Father through our Lord Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 5, give thanks in all circumstances. By God's grace, the Holy Spirit changes the hearts of Christians and equips us to obey his command to give thanks. Now, although as Psalm 92 reminds us, we are often by nature stupid, which is a word that means insensitive to what's happening around us, a kind of a word that points to living with blinders on without seeing the, the big picture, which is often because of our own selfishness. And, says Psalm 92, we have a tendency to be foolish, which means that we live seeking instant gratification, and as if there's no eternal life, by his grace, God, the Spirit, gives us understanding of the thoughts of God. The Spirit is opening our eyes to see and understand what the Lord has done. That's how God helps us and leads us in, in obedience to the command to give thanks. This knowledge and gracious, uh, of the gracious work of the Holy Spirit, that's what leads us to the, the good 
of giving thanks to God. It's also what distinguishes believers from God's enemies, who the psalm says will perish in their rebellion. If you look at Psalm 109, where the, the wicked man is, is being characterized, those who attack God and his church are characterized as people who do not delight in God's blessings. If your life is, is, full, is, is not full of, of giving thanks, delighting in God's blessings, it's a good sign that you need to pray to God to open your eyes to see his grace and his mercy to you. Thanksgiving is an expected response to God's grace. As our Lord Jesus taught us, when he asked that one cleansed leper who came back to Jesus and thanked him for healing him, Jesus asked him, and you can read about it in Luke 17, he said, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus is asking, he puts that question, are we, are we living like those nine ungrateful lepers? In Ephesians 5 verse 4, the, the Lord teaches us that, that when people come to Christ in faith, they will replace their filthiness, their foolish talk, their crude joking, which are out of place in the church. They replace that all with thanksgiving. And the same point of distinction can be found in Isaiah 38 verses 18 to 19 describing the, the, the life of a Christian we read there for Sheol does not thank you death does not praise you those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness the living the living he thanks you as I do this day the father makes known to the children your faithfulness the living the living he thanks the Lord. That's because God snatched us from death so that we might declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. The apostle says it beautifully in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 15, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Isn't that what we're praying for? that that thanksgiving might increase in the world. It's good to give thanks to the Lord who has opened our eyes to see his works and opened our hearts to give him all the glory for he has made us glad by his work. Thanksgiving flows from that gladness that God gives to us in our hearts. Now the word for glad, it's in verse, in verse 4 of the psalm. It refers to experiencing joy and merriness of spirit. The picture we get is, is that our anxieties and our worries, they, they fall away, and we feel like smiling in joy. You feel this gladness of heart when you, when you focus your attention on the Lord. Because that's when it comes to us, right? That gladness of heart comes when we set our minds on the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of our Father in heaven and looking to Christ the ascended Lord we see 
how good our situation is. Psalm 92 guides us through some of the reasons of our thankfulness. In verse 2, we find that it is found in the steadfast love and faithfulness of God. That word steadfast love is a translation of a very important Hebrew word. You can add it to your Hebrew vocabulary along with hallelujah and hosanna. Add the word hesed, which is used to describe the unconditional covenant love of our heavenly father that endures in spite of our weaknesses. Just thinking of this love that never fails in spite of our failures, his, that hesed of God, is knowing that it's always going to be okay. It makes your heart feel glad. We think of all the promises that God fulfilled. Not one of them has ever fallen to the ground. We see how Christ fulfilled every one of those promises. We thank the Lord then for that certainty that we feel when we live our lives, that certainty that of clinging to God who is like a rock in the midst of, of stormy waters, also referred to in Psalm 92. It's no wonder that God's chesed, steadfast love appears to stand at the core of Christian thanksgiving, that so many psalms include the resounding refrain Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. In Ezra chapter 3 verse 11, we read that the people sang responsively, perhaps as we have done this afternoon, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then besides this chesed, steadfast love, God's enduring love, we praise God, we see in Psalm 92, verse 2, for his faithfulness, which is a word that includes the sense of God's truth, his honesty, his reliability, his firmness. God can be leaned on, not only for what we need in this life, but also in the life to come. He's, he's told it all to us. We may know that we may continue with him, even after his enemies, who the psalm says sprout like grass and flourish for a little while, have perished and are scattered, will still be standing there because of God's faithfulness. Compared to that grass, the psalm says that the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And so we see this gladness of heart comes from the steadfast love and the faithfulness of God. When we speak of rejoicing, Paul says when we rejoice, we need to rejoice in the Lord. Not always in our situation that, that we say this is making me happy, but we're constantly rejoicing in the Lord. And we can even rejoice in the Lord when things are difficult in this life, when we're saddened by betrayal or sickness or death, even when life becomes unpleasant and uncomfortable. It would be awkward and superficial 
to celebrate our comforts here in Canada while other people made in the image of God are fleeing war or suffering from homelessness and, and hunger and other Christians are being persecuted for their faith or facing hardships in their lives. But it's never awkward or selfish to celebrate God's enduring faithfulness to his church because that is something that every Christian will experience whatever their material situation may be, wherever they live in the world, in whatever age they live in. Gladness of heart is first and foremost a gladness at God's work in the world. And that's why Paul says we can give thanks in all circumstances. As the church celebrates the special favor that the Lord has shown to her, we speak of, of having our horn exalted like that of a wild ox, pouring fresh oil over us. As we praise God for that, we're imitating our Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles. Think about their lives. They were constantly giving thanks to the Father in heaven for his special favor to the people of God. Jesus thanked the Lord for revealing his love to the world through Christ who had the power to, to raise people from the dead so that people might believe that God the Father sent Jesus Christ in the world to bring salvation. Jesus said, thank you, Lord, for revealing that, making that known even to these little children. Paul thanked the Lord for the office that he had been given, for the faith of the members of the church who received the preaching of the word of God as the word of God and not as the word of men. He thanked the Lord for the faithful and generous response to the gospel, for the way that the news of their faithfulness was, was spreading and proclaimed all over the world. He thanked the Lord for fellow workers in the gospel who risked their lives for the sake of the, of the kingdom. Revelation, spiritual care, faith, faithfulness, they're gifts from God for which all Christians all over the world in whatever situation can give thanks to, to God for. Christ and the apostles we know also thanked the Lord when he gave his people material blessings, the, those bonus blessings after he has redeemed our life and guaranteed eternal life for everyone who believes in him. Sometimes the Lord adds on and, and gives even more blessings. And so Christ thanked the Lord for the bread which he broke, giving honor to the Lord for the blessing of daily sustenance. Paul thanked God for deliverance from deadly per perils on his missionary journeys. And he exhorted the church to, to join him in thanking the Lord for the advance of the kingdom in this world, even through his chains. In Acts 28, verse 15, Paul thanked God for the encouragement that he received from brothers and sisters in the church who came to support him when he was about to be imprisoned. And in 2 Corinthians 8, he thanked God for putting a desire in the hearts of his servants to serve the churches with the same earnest care that he felt. Paul gave thanks to the Lord for the generosity of believers towards those in need, which in itself was a clear sign of God's work in their life, thanksgiving to God for the gospel. 
when we recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, and if we live each day giving thanks for both our spiritual blessings and the material blessings, the Church of Jesus Christ reveals that she can always be identified in the world as a place where people are constantly giving thanks to God for everything. And so speaking of the church comforted by the Lord, we could see that as we walked into church this afternoon, the display text, the church was described how? It, it, it described this way, joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voice of song. Speaking of the church of the new covenant, Jeremiah also describes us, the church. He says, out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving and the voices of those who celebrate. God's people, we, we come out of the, the wrath of God that Jesus bore in our place as, as a new creation, as the most thankful, the most happy people in the world. Eternal life is ours in Christ. And so Jeremiah describes the church in chapter 33, verse 11, the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voices of those who sing as they bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The Spirit characterizes the church of Jesus Christ, the church that walks in Christ as the Lord, as an assembly established in the faith, who are, it's Colossians 2, verse 7, they are abounding in thanksgiving, abounding. It's overflowing part of who we are. The church are those who are adorning their, their prayers in times of anxiety with thanksgiving, just as we learned in the Psalms. That's the church of Jesus Christ. We are members of that church. And so we, we ask ourselves, am I a part of, of the thanksgiving of God's people? Am I characterized by this thanksgiving? Or am I among those who are forgetting to find delight in the blessings of the Lord? Are we helping to make this congregation a place of mirth and gladness? Or do our words and comments have a different result in the lives of the people around us? Well, in the Old Testament, there were a few people the recommissioned Levites with the task of making songs for thanksgiving. But now, all God's people have the, the Spirit poured out upon us, the, the office of making thanksgiving, making one another glad by recounting the amazing works of God. And that's how we today are preparing for heaven, where we will continue on as church of God still characterized by thanksgiving. And we know that because in Revelation, the Lord showed John the vision. The door was open. He could, he could look into heaven. He could see this, this prophecy of the great congregation in heaven. And he saw that the church was giving glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne in heaven. So Thanksgiving Day is tomorrow. It's a, it's a good day 
for believers who worship the creator of heaven and earth. It's kind of like the, the flag day for the faithful followers of Jesus Christ, whose entire lives are characterized by gladness and contentment and joy in singing. Tomorrow we can say it with heartfelt meaning and sincerity. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Amen.